everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Splatsportation Book Club, my podcast where I take a positive look at the nasty and the extreme. And in this format, I do it with a guest from the extreme horror and splatpunk community. And joining me today, I have author Erica Summers. Welcome to the show, Erica. Hello, thank you for having me. I really appreciate this. Yeah, no, it's fun getting to chat to you. I kind of spoke a tiny bit every now and then, but it's nice being able to speak in person like this. Yeah, exactly. Thank um, you also. You reviewed Bad God's Tower, which was like my first introduction to like ever even hearing you speak. And I was just like, oh my God, I want to be friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that one. That was a hard one to review because it just, like we were saying beforehand when we we're talking, like you chuck everything into that third act and yeah. it's a different genre. Like, yeah. so it's like, I can tell everyone about how the setup, but then it's a completely different genre after that. <laughs> exactly. It ter- it definitely takes a, a big turn. And it's like you said, it's just almost, a, it's almost like a different book for the the ending and stuff like that. So it, it's hard for me to describe to people too, because a lot of people <laughs> are like, oh, well, I don't really do Westerns. It's like, no, it's not. I mean, it is a Western, but it's not a Western. <laughs> yeah, like, just hang in there. You get something a little yeah. extra at the end. <laughs> and I always tell people, too, like, if you're looking to dip a toe into the Western, like, the splatter Westerns, it's, like, a good one to try just because uh, it's not fully, like, Western Western. It's, like, yeah. or, you know, this other genre. So, it's like, you're getting a little taste of it. And if you like more of that, then definitely go read more of that. But oh, the Splatter Westerns were amazing. I love them. I, I can't get enough of them. <laughs> I know. I, and the covers are so gorgeous. Oh, my God. It's one of, yeah. of all the covers of them. I just done a video recently, actually, about 15 of my favorite covers. And I put um, a Savage Breed in there, the Patrick C. Harrison I saw one. that. Yeah, and, I saw um, that. It was really tough. I could have just done a whole video on just like the Splatter Western covers. I was like, oh, but I love Devoured and the Dead and I love the last Avenger. I was like, well, I can't just put all of them in there. I had to like pick one. But... It's funny too. My boyfriend, he works for Vinegar Syndrome and a lot of the tight, a lot of the like titles that they put out, they do like slip covers and stuff like that for. And yeah. some of the slip covers have been done by that same artist. And I immediately, oh, right. the first time yeah. I ever saw a Splatter Western, I was like, oh my God, this is the guy who did Girlfriend from Hell, or this is the guy who did, you know, this cover from Vinegar Syndrome. And my boyfriend's like, is it? And I was like, yeah, this is definitely his style. Like, oh. I can just tell. So, so I that, looked it up. Yeah, I looked it up online and it was, he had done both. So Was that uh, Justin or was that someone else? Uh, I no, it wasn't Justin. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head right now, but I don't think it was. Uh, it definitely wasn't Justin. Oh, um, okay, that's cool. But I'll, yeah. I'll find it and uh, I'll let yeah, you know. Yeah, I but... can picture it now. Like yeah. seeing the vinegar syndrome covers in my head, I can see that. Yeah, yeah it's like got a similar style. Yeah, they've got like I want to say like six or seven different artists that they use. Like there's the ones that do like Miami Connection and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, a lot of their art, you can always tell like. You can look at the covers and stuff like that and be like, okay, these are by the same artist and stuff. But the the one who does the splatter westerns, he's done some of the lesser titles there. Uh, I know Girlfriend from Hell was one of them, and there's a few of the um, I want to say maybe the Gialli. There's just a few that like you pick yeah. it up and you're like, oh, that's the same that's guy. It. Like it's the yeah. same like style yeah, of like the cool. strokes and stuff with the brush and. Uh, it's so cool to like because he shows little pictures of him actually painting them on his website and stuff like that too so 
it's amazing to see like it's not digital it's like physically Yeah, yeah, it looked it looked painted. It looked watercolored, the one I was talking about, but I know nothing about art, so I was guessing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, before we um kind of get into the book we're going to talk about today, I'll just let everyone kind of get to hear a little bit about yourself. So if you just tell them what books you got out, where to get them, <laughs> yeah. and anything else you want to chat about, really. Awesome. Thank you. So um, uh, my newest release is an extreme body horror book called Vanity Kills. Um, it's out on paperback and ebook and Kindle Unlimited right now, and we're releasing a hardcover version this week as well. Um, there's like, there's like such a fringe amount of people that are like, Hey, when's the hardcover coming out? And I'm like, never if I have anything to do. <laughs> I do people who actually read hardcover. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people apparently still do. So it will be on hardcover as well. Uh, but that one is really exciting for me. It's actually loosely based on a film that I made that took me seven years to make. Um, and it was a nightmare process going through it. We had like producers trying to thwart us and we had COVID in the middle of it and stuff like that. And then as soon as we got on the festival circuit, COVID took out all the festivals that we were entered into. So basically nobody got to see it and then went straight to streaming. And like, it's just, it was just kind of a mess. Um, so the book, I went back and like, fleshed it out a lot more. I did a lot of things that I felt like I wish I could have done with the movie, but I couldn't because of like CGI and budgeting or acting. Like people sometimes too, when you write horror and you turn it into a movie, it sounds so cool on the page. And then you ask a human being to even do that, do a fake version of that. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, I would never do that. <laughs> you know, it's like, you. it has some like, um, uh, non-consensual sex and stuff in there and it was like when i'm writing i'm like oh this is gonna be so violent this is gonna be so crazy to watch on screen and then you get there in person and the people are like okay so what are we actually going to do because i'm not doing this <laughs> and you're like well you read the script and you know they're like no i'm, I'm not gonna my father's gonna watch this and it's like okay well what, what do you, you this was should uh, okay anyway so yeah so in the book it's like the unadulterated version of like what I had in mind. And then I also kind of learned from the movie, the things that people were confused about with the movie. I explained a lot better in the book, I feel like, and um, people have been loving it. Like it's a kind of a slow burn, but with a really crazy chaotic, you know, sort of battle at the ending. And it's a lot of fun. If you like body horror, uh, if you like slow burns and stuff like that, it's, set in Louisiana it's like a really um you can feel Louisiana in the book too because of the descriptions and stuff like that so definitely check that one out if that sounds like it's up your alley um prior to that I released uh the uh Splatter Western it's a novelette called Bad God's Tower and uh it's a lot of fun some really some characters you love to hate and uh I some just loved art him. I just completely was on their side. Oh, were you? <laughs> I I love them too. Honestly, like I I know a lot of people read it. And they're like, "Oh my god, what scumbags!" And I was like, "Yeah, but they're fun. Lovable They're scumbags. <laughs> they're like really fun characters, and they're so different. And like their interactions with each other were really fun and stuff like that. And uh, the the only critique I've really heard about that book is that people want it to be longer, and they you know they want a prequel or they want a sequel. Um. Which is great. That makes me really happy because, you know, I'd love to be able to give that to them sometime. 
And then uh, prior to that, um, I released a bunch of short stories and was in a lot of anthologies. And I'm compiling a lot of those short stories. Uh, a lot of them are available on like my Amazon uh, as standalones for like 99 cents. But in May, when the last contract for a couple of the stories are up, I'm releasing um, a collection of all my shorts with a few new short stories mixed in with it, too. And I'm really excited about it. Like, I've already got it, like, compiled. And uh, I get so excited every time I, like, start flipping through it and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, this is going to be such a cool, like, I'm so proud of it because each story I put my heart and soul into because I wanted it to get published. So like the collection of them is like really, it like gives me kind of chills when I look at it. I'm like, Oh, this is like my best work, like story after story after story. Um, So that's coming out in May. And then uh, between now and then we're re-releasing my very first novel Mantis. So we took it offline because I've taken a lot of like writing classes and stuff and done a lot of research and uh, learning and stuff since I wrote that back in 2016. And it just is not, it's the, the concept is so fun and like the characters are so fun uh, and it's just very bloody and gory and funny. It's very funny too, but it, the writing in it is not, on par with my current work like with the grammar and uh you know some of my word over usage and stuff like that I didn't have the knowledge and stuff that I have now so I took it off or uh Ash Eric Moore is doing a brand new cover for it which I just saw like a like a prelim of it the other day and I got so excited for it because it's better than anything I ever could have done for sure. Yeah, he's done two um, of my covers, which I both really like. Has he, I yeah. love them. Which ones of yours has he done? He done blood soaked wrestling and not for children. Awesome. Okay, I love mm. the not for children. I think that one's <laughs> so fun. Uh, but yeah, I uh, uh, I'm re-releasing that one, and like I'm going back through it and just bringing it up to speed, and we're gonna relaunch it, and I'm so excited about that one because like that's always been one of my favorite stories that i've ever like written but it nobody read it when it came out like i didn't know anything about arc readers or (laughs) promoting it or anything i didn't know anything i basically sold it to my like gaggle of like facebook friends and that was it and like i think we got like five reviews on it and (laughs) it nothing after that and it just Uh, that's the trouble with first books i've got it with my abby books like they're They're the books I care about the most, but no one read them because, like, Abby One was my first book. I didn't know anyone. Like, it wasn't like people now might look forward to a new book coming out of mine, but at the time, no one knew who I was. So, like, why it's a book that I put the most of myself into, like, nobody's read it. (laughs) And then when the sequel come out, no one's read the sequel because no one's read the first book. So, it's like, (laughs) it's the same. It's definitely the same with me. And it was like a lot of my friends who bought it, like, it sold really well the first month. But it was yeah. like all my friends who don't even read horror, they just wanted to support me. And I didn't realize that at the time. I was just like, if I can make this much every month, I can, <laughs> uh, I'll be a professional writer. And like it immediately dropped off and then just flatlined. And it like it surprised me. Like it almost shakes me up inside when I see that a copy has sold. Like, um, yeah. I know like Ash bought a copy 
And then he lo- he read it and he loved it. He was like, oh my God. He's like, this reminds me of Chuck Winding's Blackbird series. And he's like, it's so much fun. And uh, so, and then he told uh, Nat Liston about it and she read it and she's like, oh my God, where has this been all my life? I has she done book. a review for it at all? She yeah, does great she reviews. Did, they both did. They both did yeah. reviews for it. I and, love uh, Nat's reviews. I do too. Hers are so <laughs> much fun. Uh, and I was like squealing because like nobody has read this book. And like now suddenly people are reading it because they're reading my new stuff and yeah. they're going back and they're like, what else have you done? And they're reading my older stuff, which is great. It's also kind of scary because it's like, oh, God, I haven't read that in like five years. What is it? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because like I released when I released Abby 2 like about a month ago, I wrote it like a year and a half ago. Oh, and... did you? like going through it one last time before I send it to the editor it's like it's crazy how much you can improve writing right. in a short space of time so like right. six seven years ago like you must be looking at it yeah. thinking like I'm like a hundred times better now like I could do yeah, loads I am. This. It's like, like it's, yeah. embar- it's almost like embarrassing even though like I put my heart and soul into it oh, it should never be embarrassing it's you've got to yeah. start to get going so it's like, but it, it's like uh, what I'm worried about now is that people are going to start seeing like some of my like short stories like derailed and stuff is blowing up in some of the Facebook groups and stuff like that and I'm so worried they're gonna read derailed and be like well what else has she done and instead of going to Vanity Kills or Bad God Sour they're gonna go straight to Mantis because it just appeals to them more and then they're gonna be like oh this is garbage <laughs> and then not read my other stuff so no, I'm, that I want won't to happen. like I want it all to like match I want it all to like look good and like as a reader too like i read so much that uh it irritates me sometimes like when i go through somebody's book and i'm like seeing a ton of like i don't mind like a few grammar or punctuation errors or something like that if it's not pulling me out of the story like you can have there's like x amount where you can just have <laughs> them in the story and like i don't care i won't say anything in the review or anything but if it's like littered with them and it's like every page or like a constant reusage of a certain word like i'll start rolling my eyes when i'm reading it or like being like did you not have a proofreader or like because now that i like and with mantis i didn't i didn't know any proofreaders i didn't know like they were expensive the ones that i tried to get i was like i can't afford this so i was just like i'll do my best with it we ran into like grammarly and stuff and i was just like well it's good to go and <laughs> now I realize, like, no, you gotta have like other eyes on it and stuff. And like, it's a, it's a tough one. Like, Abby, the first book is probably the most money I've spent on an editor, and really? Wendy done a great job. But it's like that book hasn't made its money back because it was my first book. Yeah. So I could spend less money on an editor now and make the money back a lot quicker because people yeah. are more likely to buy it because yeah. I've got more work out and they know who I am. So it's a very tough balance when you start. But I know I would always okay. say I think you've got to get some editing done on that early yeah. book. Like and even if you just find the cheapest person around, yeah. they're looking at it with different eyes to you, so they will spot yeah. something. And there's even now, like I've I've uh like become friends with people like there's uh mark anthony on books of horror he like literally puts it out there i i will i like he teaches uh english and stuff like that he's like i will literally go through it for free if it's horror because i would love to read it and i would love to make it cleaner for 
you know people who you know want to read it so i always have like i always send him it to him too like in addition to yeah. my actual paid proofreader and just be like sometimes he'll pick up one or two that she missed and um i think that's the way but, to do it i think pay for a proper editor and then if you've got a yeah. proofreader who you can just give them a copy of the book or something yeah. and they can yeah. just skim through it and see i think yeah, that's like, i think that's the like it. the indie self-publishing solution <laughs> yeah exactly and it's i mean now it's much cheaper like I, I i know it was like hundreds and hundreds of dollars when i try to get mantis done and now it's like it's like a dollar a page for a lot of these editors and stuff like that so um and they're talented they're very talented yeah. so they catch so much like i feel like i'm good with grammar and you know stuff like that but like it, they'll find so much stuff i'm like wow i didn't even know that was a rule oh, <laughs> and, no. i'm at the editor's mercy my spelling and grammar sucks like oh, I just have it? to, like it's always been bad but i like telling stories so i just never let it yeah. deter me but it's yeah. like yeah i have to send it to them let them do their thing and hope it's done right yeah. and, like because I'll spot it afterwards when I'm fucking yeah. reading the paperback, but I'm not going to yeah. spot it before I put it out. Like it's yeah, only exactly. once there's copies out there that are noticed. Like. Exactly, and like so that's that's the thing is like when I'm reading a lot of these, it's like if the story is enough to pull me through, great. But there are some authors who just it feels like they're so anxious to get something out there again yeah. that they just they throw it out there, and it's like. um it's frustrating to read because it's like if it happens in one book that's fine but if it keeps happening i'm gonna stop reading your books because i'm getting frustrated with like having to like slug through all of this yeah i think love. like i'm pretty good with it like i feel like you know like i fully accept there will always be mistakes in indie books there's mistakes right. in you know traditionally published books so there's right. definitely going to be an in indie books but yeah, like you said, I think there's a bit of a limit. If it's like every yeah. paragraph, then you're like, well, yeah, it hasn't yeah. been edited. Well, if it's page, one like, every page yeah. or two, I'm okay yeah. with that. But yeah. like, if I can, I feel like if I can spot them, then there's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it's, it's tough. It's tough out there for indie writers, for sure. Like, as someone who knows, like, we both know firsthand. Yeah. It is an uphill trudge. I look up to book. If my book, if a yeah. new book doesn't do well, then I'm struggling to put yeah. the next one out. So it's, exactly. you've got, so you've got to do your best with it. Right. Yeah. And you, and you really got to put, you got to keep putting heart and soul into it. You got to keep trying to be fresh and not just rehashing the same ideas. And it's tough. It's definitely like, a, and sometimes too, it's so strange. You see what, gets popular and you're like what how like how yeah. is that like that's the same as that's just the internet though isn't it like anything yeah. can go viral at any moment and there's never an explanation yeah. like you can't predict yeah. it you can't yeah you can't write you for that like yeah. you just gotta do your best work and if it catches yeah, on it catches on, on. <laughs> yeah uh, it was interesting what <laughs> you were saying earlier before we actually before we go into otis's book what you were saying earlier yeah. about um about when you were like changing it from the film to the book and you realized about the uh kind of how to practically do some of this stuff like yeah i had the same i wrote near death and hack were both like short 20 25 minute scripts that i was going to make myself yeah and after like writing the book i was like how the fuck was i ever going to do this and how is anyone <laughs> going to allow me to do this like I know. at least for extreme horror and splatterpunk i know there's an audience out there waiting for it but 
Right. Like, I can't show a fucking little child get bitches on screen. I know. Like, and what was I thinking? And it's crazy, too, because, like, if you actually, like, practically tried to, like, like literally were like, okay, I'm going to take this much money, I'm going to turn this into a movie, for a scene like that, you got to find an adult who's yeah, willing yeah. to let you pour no, blood no, over the child yeah. and, like, simulate this kind of thing <laughs> and then explain to a young child what they're doing. Like, yeah. I had, uh, I actually have a story with this. So my, um, I, I was a filmmaker you know, I still am a filmmaker, but I have made a lot more films than I have books. And one of my films, one of my earlier films, uh, it's called Ragdoll. Um, it's not streaming anywhere, but the DVD is like hidden somewhere on Amazon. <laughs> um, and it's it's a drama. It's actually right. It was the last one I did before I went exclusively horror. And I was like, nope, never coming back. <laughs> never going back. I horror all the time. Um, and it's about child abuse. And I wrote this script and I knew it was like so edgy. I was like, we're going to win awards for this. Like we are, we, this story is so freaking sad. If there's one dry eye in the theater after this, we know who the sociopaths are because this <laughs> is such a heart wrenching tale. And then we went to go film it. And I was like, what the F did I just do? <laughs> now I got to find a five-year-old who's willing to be in this whole movie and a parent who's going to be there on set watching us all simulate these things being done to him. And we did, which was weirder. I feel like it was, I feel like it was weirder that we found someone so easy. And like, that <laughs> was like, yeah, no problem. Do what you want with him. And I was like, like, there's like, it hinges on a, a rape sequence where these, like, basically these adults are paying to get with this very young child and then he is taken out of that situation and then that's when the real story starts where it's like this sort of like fight against the cops and stuff like that to keep this child safe <clears throat> and uh from his dad like from his own father so we're doing we're filming this scene and i was just like how are we <laughs> but like because you don't see it you just hear it and i was like yeah. so we were trying to figure out like how to like do this in a way that wouldn't scar the child so we were making him pretend he like we put him in a room and we were making him like scream like he was on a roller coaster and stuff and like we were getting all these like sound effects from him and stuff and then we're like okay now hold the pillow on your face and do it and it was like <laughs> we're standing in the hallway and i'm like i'm going to hell for this like oh my god this kid doesn't even know how this is gonna get chopped like he wasn't even in the room with the guy who is yeah. and he's not going to be allowed to watch it for another 15 years <laughs> yeah it's like but it's like his, his dad was in the hallway he's like it's fine he doesn't know what's going on right now and i was like yeah but he eventually one day will and be like oh my god you allowed me to do this? <laughs> it was a strange scenario i was just like yep i am I am going to hell for yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> see, I would have trusted myself there. Like, I've directed a few short films, and I think I put the actors through a bit too much at times. So, yeah, yeah I would have abused the fuck out of that kid. Uh, I'd be like, no, I'm going to throw you against the wall. It'll be fine. <laughs> There's a mattress underneath. That kid got spoiled on my set, I will say. I bet he did, yeah. He, like, he ended up feeling like a rock star by the end of it. <laughs> like, he just didn't know what the bad parts of the movie were yeah. but all the fun parts we were explaining to him so like he totally got that and yeah. he even came to the premiere of the movie and everything and like 
was like on the red carpet with us and like doing his little waves and pictures and he just had a blast with it but i was just like watching it back with adults i was just like people are like doing this like side eye thing. Wrong it's you. just like it's movie magic it's fine <laughs> it wasn't even in the room it's a trick of the edit they're like oh yeah. it's still sick that you wrote it <laughs> well yeah so well like, right i'm I going found, to books <laughs> yeah now i found splatterpunk and people are like oh child rape oh i'm in count me in sell me a copy and you're like oh my god yeah and all I'm those like, things yeah, all those things that you're like, how am I going to film this? Now you're like, I'm going to yeah. write the shit out of this, and I'm, I'm going to add more nastiness yeah. to it. I'm going to write every detail of you know, <laughs> yeah. the fear falling like, from the child's eye. Hack, was, Hack <laughs> was nasty as a script, but as a book, I was just like, well, <laughs> there's no limit. Like, I could, yeah, and that's I do the thing I want. about Fanny Kills was like, a lot of the stuff I was like, mm, I can't do that very well with practical or CGI, and it's just going to look like crap on screen. But there's a lot of stuff that is in the book that I'm like, People's imagination. Yeah, people's imagination. Yeah, no budget on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. Um, yeah. So this week we're gonna chat about I Simply Am Not There by Otis Bateman, a book that yes. we both enjoy a lot. Um I will say before we get started that there will be spoilers. So if you haven't read the book already, you can like pause, go and read it. It's not very long come back watch the rest of the video or you yeah. can just listen to us tell you how amazing it is and then you're going to want to yeah. go and buy it anyway yeah um, i'll try so to yeah. people too it, like when we're gonna drop them well i'm gonna drop a major spoiler but yeah <laughs> have a blanket a yeah blanket. there's a blanket spoiler there um <laughs> so yeah before we kind of delve into it then um you just let everyone know why you picked this one out of all the books you could pick why did you go yeah. for this one it was tough. It was between this one and Jane Doe by Ash Eric Moore because yeah, that's just yeah. one of my absolute favorite books. Um, it started me on my Ash Eric Moore journey, and I've loved everything I've read of his ever since then. But yeah, he like, brings out like ten books a week, so you got a lot to read. There. I know, I know. <laughs> like, I still, I definitely have not caught up with all of his stuff. Like, I've, I've read probably a third of everything that he's written, but uh, still good. <laughs> stuff is like like uh next left i i think that's the first thing he's that i've read of his that has actually beaten jane doe for how much i love that book so it was definitely between that one and this one and um I, but i wanted to go with this one because i feel like uh i i love otis bateman's work i i am a huge huge fan of his and like i think I, I've told this to a lot of people before and I'll say it a million more times. I really think he's like the undiscovered gem of like the indie and splatterpunk world right now. Like I think one day he's going to be absolutely like everyone will know his name that tr runs in these circles. And not that he's like a nobody right now, but he's just under, I feel like he, his work is underappreciated. Yeah, I think his work's a lot higher than his kind of how much notice he gets. Yeah, exactly. That's it, perfectly put. And I, everything that I read of his is just so fun and enjoyable and it's so different from the last thing, but the way he writes it, he's got just a beautiful way with words and the way he describes gore it's it's poetic it's honestly like there's so many times where i'm like i'm highlighting stuff in my kindle where i'm like that is beautiful when you learn to write like that that you know because i 
I do. There's some scenes of his where I just like idolize some of his work where I'm like, oh my God, one day I'll write a, a gory scene that beautifully. And so I, I think a lot of him as a writer, I also think a lot of him as a human being, he's been just behind the scenes, so kind and like a really nice person to talk to and like bounce ideas off of and share like upcoming like covers that like when we're giddy mm. bursting with excitement <laughs> for a couple we can't reveal yet like we'll show each other and stuff like that and like i know a lot of his projects that are haven't even oh been well, he's got like 50 covers on the way like he's I gonna know, be for the next 20 years some of them are so gorgeous too and i'm like oh i just take <laughs> he's like one of those authors where i'm just like throw my credit card and be like take my money now <laughs> like uh, just you know, keep some on file. You know, keep the number on file because I will be buying again. You know, and um, so I I started with some of his newer work, and then I worked backwards. So I uh, I simply am not there. Is like probably like the fifth or sixth thing of his I read. I was just kind of like going backward, and um, I was just like, this is he's so he's so good. He's so funny. He's got Cerberus, which is another one I really loved, and. Dino. That was a hard one to review without oh, giving away Cerberus. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> that, yeah, the know. whole plot is like... Yeah, the whole plot is that one big twist. That one, I guess. Yeah, that one thing. Um, but he's got... He's just got so many really fun ones. I loved um, his one for the Splatter at Sea. I always mess up the name of uh, it. Evil Rose Up. Yeah, Evil Rose Up. Yeah. yeah. So that one, I thought, was such a fun... It, like bait and switch uh where it ended you know what's what ended up happening in it i was like you're expecting one thing and it's horrific in a totally new way and i just when i read his stuff like that i'm always like always surprised i'm always like on the edge of my seat because even though i've read a lot of his stuff i don't he's not one of those predictable authors where i can guess Mm. what's coming next i just know it's gonna be gory like i know (laughs) it's gonna freaking awful for the characters um so the reason i chose i simply am not there is because the the story itself and like the the, i feel like the pain in the book like you can it's one of those few books where you can feel the author's pain somehow Hmm. like i don't know i can't it's hard to describe you'll no i mean i've um i've told otis i've I've come out plenty of times and said that i think i simply am not there is his best work and i think it's his best work because it's an incredibly like raw and honest book while being very very funny and very very violent like i love the psychology in this book like i think it's like in the mind of the character yeah like alex to me is an absolute dickhead and he's the hero of his own book and it just yeah. works so well for me and you he he comes off his his work is always like that where you even if it's a really horrific character that does disgusting things you find yourself really wanting to find out what happens to this guy or like yeah. almost kind of rooting for him in a weird way like, <laughs> I don't know if I would say I was rooting for Alex in this one, but I would I I felt like he started out and I was like he's just kind of normal. Like to me, reading like re- I reread it last night and I was just like or I like I definitely did like a hard skim through to make sure I had all the stuff. But uh going back through it, 
like the beginning i was just like he's just an average kind of piece of crap dude like he's not like a horrible person right off the bat like he's, no you know. like the bit the bit that really sealed it for me isn't even a gory bit it's when him and dasha i think Locker. her name was yeah when they were like when she finally came around his and he was like yeah. you know excited that this girl would come to see him and she's like too forward for him and he's yeah. getting upset because he had imagined this kind of wooing period this perfect yeah. scenario where she like slowly falls in love with him yeah. and she just wants to fuck and even though he's a virgin yeah. he's like just intimidated by it or angry by it like that's yeah. the bit that really sold me because i was like this kid's yeah. fucked up like he's really like it, you know he's got these ideas in his head some good yeah. some bad and if anything deviates from that he's just full <laughs> like panic mode all hell breaks loose yeah like that's just really done it for me i really like that scene a lot like it's all like I the mean, only non-gory scene in the whole book which yeah. like goes very gory but yeah i just love the fact that he was like no this isn't how i pictured it like i want you yeah. to hold your hands and for us yeah. to watch a movie <laughs> together not fuck yeah. on the sofa straight away yeah and she's like put it in me you know <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. oh, no what i can't <laughs> i can't perform under this kind of pressure my to me the part that sealed it for me came much earlier in the book. I, I love the setup with like the disgusting hoarder mother and mm. like um I because I can identify with that. Like I, not it that was harsh, but like I find <laughs> a hoarder. And like I love those kind of scenarios where they describe that like just a gritty like setting. Like I love like he basically just plunges us into this disgusting sort of world where it's just like mm. he seems like an average everyday can't get laid in cell, you know, sort of thing. Where it's like, you know, he's uh, you know, so busy on the internet that he's not out like really living life because he's gotta deal with his, you know, massively you know, obese mother. And then <clears throat> he the the stuff with his mother goes down, which I was like, okay, I'm I'm very much interested in this. And then after that, he there's a scene. Spoiler alert! He, there's a scene where he uh, puts a gun in his mouth and he's about to pull the trigger, and the TV starts talking to him. And the TV, like when I first read it, this character, this Pat Bale character, he came off to me like the Sham Wow guy, like. <laughs> like it reminded me of Requiem for a Dream, where it was yeah. like uh, the Shooter McGavin character, where he's just like so energetic and like, yeah. "Hey, Al, like you don't want to do that. You want to do this. I can show you a whole new world of like disgusting." So, if you were working backwards, had you read Maggot Girl two at this point? No, I still haven't read Maggot Girl two. Oh right, so you I've don't know Pat Bale, right? Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah, yeah that he 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 told me like he's yeah. some of his other work, uh, which I'm very excited to read that because right. I I love that character. So that that's cool to know that the character works outside of knowing because I'd already read all the Maggot Girl books, so I knew Pat oh, Bale. So in my head, I had him fully oh, formed already. Okay. Yeah, so it's kind of so cool that it works yeah. without knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like my first introduction to the character, and I was like, I was more interested in the pat bale character i was like why is this tv talking to him what, you know? <laughs> and he's watching this uh the the hurt to the core like hurt core um yeah these videos and so he's just describing these videos and he's describing alex 
like getting nauseous at these videos and being like appalled by them, but he can't stop watching them. So at first I was just like, okay, this, I feel like that's what I would do. Like if, if someone introduced me to hardcore or something like that, I'd be like, oh, this is disgusting. Okay. Play one more though. You know, and like, I feel like that's just the type of person I am. I, I was like that when I saw two girls in a cup, I just, I'm just a, there's something wrong with my brain. So when I read that, I was just like, okay, so he's just a regular dude, you know, but he can't stop watching us and he's getting like a little intrigued by it. And then when that character stops him from killing himself and is like, let basically like, let me show you a world where yeah. you can make other people pay. And I was just like, what now? <laughs> and as it goes on and Pat Bale is like, he's talking to him and like, telling him like you're gonna have this metamorphosis you're a caterpillar now but one day you're gonna be you know like this butterfly of a human being and you just gotta really get in touch with like you know be the best you that you can be and make these people pay so he's like he's got him training at the gym he's got him seeking you know pussy and stuff like that and like so he he goes and finds dasha which that whole section of the book is just gnarly like oh my god the stuff that well, he ends up doing yeah i mean what interests me about that part of the book is the fact that alex does go and do all of this right like yeah. he's you know he goes and works really hard he gets himself into shape he, yeah. he tries to talk to other people that he's not yeah. really done before because he's been quite sheltered like yeah. he goes full in like for the wrong reasons but yeah yeah he he gives it a go like he's not someone who just sits back being angry like once yeah. he's told you need to do this in order to improve your life for better or worse. Yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, we've got this whole little self-plot thing going on where we're getting little tidbits about it, but I didn't realize how big of the, the story it would, you know, how much of the story it would play into later. But he's got this author, Clay Morris, that he idolizes. And he is like singing his praises online he's like you know tweeting about him he's like helping people find his work and this author basically takes a big steam and dump on him <laughs> and is like just an asshole to him he's just like needlessly mean and cocky and i immediately knew like felt like i knew who this was kind of like uh you know trying to the essence of who yeah, this see might be. I mean, uh -huh. I I thought the author wasn't too bad, to be honest. Like, I didn't oh, really? see him as the bad guy reading it. I thought that Alex was being a bit much. Yeah. And that the author was trying his best to be polite. He yeah. didn't deal with it brilliantly. Like, I yeah. would deal with it differently. Yeah. But I feel like Alex's perception of Clay was like Alex's perception. Like, he was really yeah. like, how dare he? And it's like, no, that dude... You know, he sent you some signed copies. Like, what more do you want yeah. at this stage? Yeah, like, true. <laughs> I, I liked that balance because I thought it made Alex passionate and it made yeah. him, it made you sympathetic towards him. But yeah. also, you don't want it to be like, whoa, just calm down yeah. a little bit. Like, yeah, the guy's you busy. Know, you go, crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, I felt that way in the ending where I was like, that feels like a bit of an extreme. You <laughs> went a bit too far there. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't deserve that. He, you know, he definitely deserved you know, some, like, karmic retribution in, like, maybe a rough tweet about yeah, it. Like, like, he didn't yeah. really deserve 
what he ended up getting, which is absolutely horrific. My jaw dropped when he gets his just desserts later on in the book, and I was just like, you can just feel the pain and like the anger in that scene. I was just like, I was reading it. I literally was reading it thinking, who hurt you? Like, I was thinking, like, I hadn't even read what it was, you know, the, the author's note at the end yet, obviously. And I was just, I was thinking in my head, who hurt you? Like, I wanted to yeah. give them a hug and be like, I don't know what they did to yeah, you. Yeah, see, the problem there, again, is like, he lost my sympathy, Alex, when he yeah. started, like, attacking other people in the bookstore. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was yeah. when you're like, okay, now you're being the dick. Yeah, like, this isn't a this isn't like a personal thing anymore. Yeah. You turned into a fucking psycho. Yeah. Mine mine was back with Dasha. Mine was when he's like, you know, he's absolutely brutalizing <laughs> Dasha's body. Uh and then oh, like, and the, then writing a letter to yeah, her. Yeah, the worst bit was the letter. The letter yeah, was the amazing. Letter, oh my god, like, the letter. I read that with such glee. I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever read in my life. This is amazing. <laughs> So good. The letter I was reading rereading the letter last night and I was like, oh my god, I forgot he even yeah. said that to her mother and like oh He's my like, god. Yeah, she was crying for you while I was chopping her into little pieces. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <dude. laughs> like imagine too, like just the whole like we never even see the mother in the book, but like no. I put myself in her place of like, what would I feel reading this? That my daughter, you know, my daughter, there's pieces of her being found, <laughs> and then I'm getting a le- a taunting letter like this. That's so extreme. Like I think he and, says in the letter, like, "Oh, I hope you kill yourself after reading yeah, this letter." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what the fuck? I was like, it just went so dark and so extreme. So by that, by the point that he murders Dasha, I was like, "Oh, he's the villain." I didn't yeah. realize. I thought it was like. I don't know. I I wasn't. I was just along for the ride. I wasn't sure what was going on. And at that point, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, because you know, cutting. Well, I think that's the first time he does anything that's like directly violent towards other people, right? Like his mom's already dead. The stuff he's watching's already been made and is online. Like people watch that stuff. Participation yeah. up to that point. Yeah, but up until when he attacks her, he hasn't really done much in the way of you know, unforgivable acts. Yeah, yeah. But, it's, yeah, it's, but he changes gross. that nice and quickly. Yeah. <laughs> gross. You're being gross and you're trying to dispose of bodies and, and your hobby is really disgusting, but it's not like you're making the videos. And then it's yeah. like a switch flips in him and he's just like, I'm full-blown psycho. And there's yeah. something very scary to me in that moment where you're like, you're reading this and you're like, is this a dream? Is he really cutting her tits off? And you're like, <laughs> oh my God, what is happening right now? So it, I was hooked, but I I knew there was a shift where I was like, oh, this is just not going to go Again, good. I think that nastiness comes from the fact that like moments beforehand, he wanted a relationship with this girl. Yeah. And like because he couldn't have it the way he wanted it, he's yeah. like, well, fuck her then. I'm going to destroy <laughs> yeah. her. And you're like, dude, could you not just find someone else? Like, There's a middle ground here. There is I'm a like, middle ground. Yeah. yeah there's, there's a middle ground to be had. And uh, yeah, so when he met up with Clay Morris at the bookstore, I was like, this is not going to go well. Like, we already know this is going to. This is going horribly, and you watch everything that he does to this idol, and you're just like, "Oh my god!" Like I, 
I couldn't stop reading it. Uh, I was <laughs> just fascinated. I was floored. And then I read the author's note at the end and I realized like what he was trying to go for and how this was like him working through some like legitimate um, feelings and stuff like that, that, you know, he was going through in real life and stuff like that. But that like, he never, he obviously never would take a blowtorch to somebody's <laughs> face. No. So, you know, these <laughs> things, it, you know, it it's crazy because too, as a writer, like I, as, someone who is also a writer it's like i don't know if i would have the balls to write something like that that it, and then to fess up to it in a confession letter <laughs> and be like this is who i was talking about like even though we already kind of like any yeah. of us who a lot of horror we already i think i was. don't think i'd i'd spoken to her it's a tiny bit at the time about mag girl but i think i simply am not there was when we became friends i is think it? i i think i spoke to him like during the book because yeah. there was a quote in there that he had quoted wrong and i was like dude this is like one of my favorite quotes and you've put the wrong movie <laughs> was like, um but yeah like i knew who he was talking about because i'd kind of heard little bits and yeah. i just think it came across in the writing so well like i think yeah. that side of it just made it more honest and yeah. like obviously uh, it's massively fictitious like no one's gonna do that yeah. shit like it's an extreme horror yeah. book but yeah. it's like, but the honesty of like the way of thinking about that character just came through. And it's just, yeah, like Alex yeah. just loses his shit, right? He's just like, yeah. And it's very cleverly constructed because you have the author be a dick to someone else who doesn't deserve it in front yeah. of Alex. Yeah. And you're like, that's the point where you're like, no, Clay, don't. <laughs> oh, no, you're fucked now. He's not going to change his mind now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, not even to him. It, I just love that. I love that the character, like, you don't get to know the character of Clay Morris very well. Like, you don't know his side. Like, you could write a whole book from his side of things, too, I'm sure. And it would probably be something more like shared by, you know, shared by two by John Ethan. And, you know, where, like, this character is, uh, like, your biggest, like, misery on crack, where, <laughs> like, this person is coming after you and you're just trying to be you. And you're trying to be yourself and like it's not really a crime to be salty to someone it's not really a crime no. to be sure. well that's what i mean i was i yeah. was kind of you know mostly on the author's side i was just like yeah, yeah he's a bit of a dick but like that's yeah. fine but that's you know that's who he is that's not a problem yeah like, where alex on the other hand is hacking people up <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly uh but the, we get to the scene where he's he's given clay what he thinks clay has come into him and i was just floored by it i would like the brutality of it. like that's the thing i think about otis that a lot of people haven't really like because it doesn't i i guess it doesn't come out in i he's got brutal scenes in all of his work but there's stuff like cerberus and stuff like that that it's more it's less of like a shockingly brutal and more of just like it's a really fun story Whereas there's a few where, like, the ones I always tell people about are, like, I simply am not there and Medusa's son. Because mm. Medusa's son has... <laughs> Have you read, you've read the Yeah, novel? I read it about a week ago. Yeah. Oh, like God. A, a little there's baby, a right? <laughs> yeah, there's a scene in the kitchen that, uh, with yeah. the baby that I just... <laughs> and the mother... Oh, my God. I just can't with that scene. Like, I... I was He's reading got, it about um... He's got a great one in Maggot Girl 3. Does he? Like, yeah, which 
there's a little bit of a slower burn at the beginning which is good you get to know yeah. these other characters quite well and yeah like there's stuff in Maggie Girl 3 where you're like okay this is Otis letting loose like, yeah yeah and just his new ones got it as well so it's yeah. like yeah it's yeah I think I am simply not there is one of the ones that builds to it the nicest yeah like Medusa's it's son same thing right just builds up to that horrific horrific moment exactly it, it just it takes you kind of off guard because up to that point you're like you know well you know he's mm. you're, you're able to like excuse a lot of his behavior as being like okay well he's kind of he's kind of a piece of crap but not like you know unforgettable don't lock him up throw away the key piece of crap and then like it's just like a switch flips and he writes these like psychotic like he, he he does transgressive fiction so well and i think that a lot of that's because of like his literary idols of like you know brett yeah. ellis and stuff like that they're like you know the masters yeah it's like it. brett easton ellis and chuck belanke and yeah yeah like charlie exactly. morrison it's all people that write stuff like that incredibly exactly. well like, yeah. and it's these wonderfully like sociopathic or psychopathic characters that uh, are living normal lives to the outside world and are doing these horrific things and stuff and i think that he just writes that he writes that so well and so brutally without it being his like shtick like it's not yeah. like i go into what he's writing and think oh this is going to be another one just like this because there's a few authors out there where I'm like, I'm already rolling my eyes and I haven't even opened the first page of it yet. <laughs> I already know it's going to be like your last book and like the book before that. And like, you're basically like kind of a one trick pony. And he's not, I feel like he's not a one trick pony, even though he, he touches on the same sorts of characters and motivations and material. Sometimes he, they're all, all the characters are so different and all of their, um, like emotions and things like that are and they're the the lead the build-up to those things are just so different that like you just sometimes don't see it coming when his character is just freaking no. well yeah. that's um the thing i liked about medusa's son was when he killed the prostitute as a warm-up you're like yes, what the yeah. fuck dude like, yeah. it's I that sort it. of thing isn't it like it's that yeah. sort of sudden flipping mentality where you're like oh shit okay it's on now yeah. like uh, he's not just you know he's not just what i've thought of him this whole time yeah he does just a really good job of like building a character that even if they're not a likable person you care enough to finish their story like you want to know what happens to them you want to know what they're about yeah. to do and you get this unsettling feeling with them where you're like something bad's gonna happen and yeah. you know i don't know well it's like unlikable as alex can be at times you're kind of still very invested in him and pat's relationship right like yeah. that mentor student sort of relationship yeah, exactly. like even though everything they're talking about is horrific and no one should ever do that ever exactly. you're kind of like oh like it's good that he's like found someone he can communicate to yeah. about there's these things <laughs> there's like in the, in the wrong direction but there's growth in his character yeah from the exactly yeah it doesn't matter he's growing like way way in the wrong direction yeah it's exactly the fact that he is growing like that's yeah. the important thing as far as the yeah. narrative goes yeah and i feel like that's something that a lot of splatter you know like splatterpunk books and stuff like that they don't they don't do as well like a lot there's a lot of people out there who will write the gore really really well 
but not the story. And like that's the thing I feel like he he does very well is he blends story with gore in a mm. way that it's not just it's a lot of it is like over the top gore, but it's never it doesn't feel like gore for gore's sake. It's not just like I feel like throwing a gory scene in here. It's like this is what yeah. the character is doing, you know, like you kind of see how that he gets from A to B, whereas a lot of other, you know, stuff that I've read out there, it's like, okay, well, you wrote that gore scene really cool, but I don't care about this character very much. Yeah, so like, I think there's definitely a place for both. Like, I, yeah. you know, I will gladly sit there and read something that's just an absolute gore fest. Like, yeah. I'll gleefully read it. But yeah, as someone who's grown up on movies and on very yeah. like classic cinema, like, yeah. story's king for me. Yeah, same, like, if, same. Like, one of my favorite films ever is drive and that okay. scene where he just explodes in the elevator yeah like if you had that every scene it would be nothing but yeah. that one scene at that, that particular moment right at yeah. that time you're like that's more effective than anything else and exactly just, you know i appreciate anyone who can do that who can just put the the extreme nastiness at just that right moment exactly and you you got to punctuate with it and yeah I don't know exactly it can't be straight away and then turned up to 11 for the whole time it can be for exactly. a short it can be for a novelette yeah. but for a book you burn out too like i feel like even as a reader there. yeah even as a reader though you'll burn out if it's like if it's full throttle a whole book like i don't yeah. know i feel like at a certain point you're just like okay this is the new normal like so what are you going to do to top this yeah Whereas, it's like if you watch an action film and the set piece yeah. is an hour long you're like well yeah like, yeah you know, it's like that first 20 minutes was really cool but now you're still yeah. driving that <laughs> fucking car at 100 miles an hour like. exactly exactly <laughs> but yeah that's i i think he's really interesting i'm reading i've got an uh advanced reader copy of his new book that is coming out mm. the uh, my advice is your unfathomable agony, which yeah. is a dope title for. That's like such an Eric LaRocca title. I feel like <laughs> um, I, I really like it, but I'm I'm a good deal into it, and it's another just like you really care about the characters already, and like you can tell it's about to be just gnarly. Uh, I finished it today, so yeah, did you? I, yeah. I had I'm to excited. read it. I was in the books. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just got. Uh, I I I don't think you're in the book anymore. From where no, I, I did not last yeah. very long. I never yeah. lasted. I lasted longer in this one than I did Calvin's book. When oh, I was in a uh, shop to your drop, I think I lasted about half a page. Oh, that's right. I like I messaged Calvin. I was like, "Oh, that's amazing, dude! You put me. Oh, never mind. I'm dead." <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I totally forgot that you were in that one. That was a fun one. Uh, it wasn't as fun as Night Stalkers, which if I that's like my favorite when you're talking about like just a a, a gore for gore sake like Splatterfest. That's like yeah. my go to recommendation is uh, Night Stalkers by uh, Triana and Harding. Yeah, and that was really good. That <laughs> I have that? seen it like like that like that was going along at a very gory nasty pace, and then the scene yeah. when the kids come in, I was like, what the I fuck? Know. Whoa. Like, whoa, no. like this is kind of like I knew you two together would do something extra nasty, but like yeah. that was insane. That scene. I'll never think about grocery stores the same. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I I that was just one of my favorite where I was like, this one, it's just a book that just 
turns it up to 11 and just never yeah, turns it I'd down. Read, I think I'd read quite a lot of Christopher Giuliani and I think I'd maybe read three or four of Ryan's. So yeah. I was very excited about that. I was like, these two together, that's going to be magic. Yeah. And, and it's it retail like, as well, which I know inside out. Like, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> I um I later worked on uh it's not it's not out yet it's uh in the process of being published through Slashic Horror but uh I've worked on since I've worked on a grocery store horror um yeah. and my story is very splatterpunk and it was very much like I don't want to rip off Night Stalkers <laughs> anyway but I wanted to feel like Night Stalkers. <laughs> So it was definitely like I I wanted to be I hope people take it as my like homage to yeah. Night Stalkers and not like wow what a rip off. I always get um kind of stuck in that yeah I always get stuck in that position I like like I discovered um, Ryan Harding's Pandemonium uh-huh. uh, was it Ryan and Lucas wasn't it and um, yeah. why I was writing Blood Soaked Wrestling so I was yeah. like oh I need to. Like I want to read this book, but I can't because I'm halfway through my own wrestling horror yeah. book. And if I read theirs, I will steal something from it. Like not yeah. even knowingly. Like it will. Ha- so I had to literally finish my book, publish it, and then be like, right, first oh, book I'm wow. reading is Pandemonium, <laughs> and now let's hope that I didn't like tell the same story in any way. Yeah, but exactly. There was a few things yeah. that were similar at the beginning, but then it went off in completely different directions. So I was like, no, that's all right. I'm happy with oh, that. Good. Okay, that's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I was worried too because, like, my grocery store one is um, it's a collaboration with two other writers. So it's uh, Keisto Healy and Mick Collins. So they we each had to write. It's like a almost like a shared world anthology, but it's instead it's like a shared character anthology. What's um What's Keith Collins doing? I've read some of Christos, but um, uh, he's done uh Verum Malum and Pale Pale Winter Sun. I think it's what the other right. one's called um and he just did bisexual zombies or something like that on, right uh, he done one of those yeah. ones yeah. yeah yeah so and uh and all three of us authors are bisexual so we want to make sure we all had bisexual characters in our uh grocery store one too <laughs> so it's like a fun little shared so we've we've got like a shared main character that each each one of our stories starts the exact same way but then goes off in a completely different direction. But we weren't allowed to talk about what we mm. were going to do. So my big fear when we were writing that was that I was going to accidentally, like I was going to reveal to them my story and it was going to be like the same plot as one of the <laughs> other. So I kept trying to figure out ways to <clears throat> make it crazier and crazier where I was like, they cannot possibly do this. <laughs> and like, and they were like, oh, we want it to be extreme. We're all extreme horror writers. And like I took, I took extreme as like I wanted to like it can be you know gory, it can be horrific, and apparently mine was like too extreme. It almost <laughs> cost us the publishing uh, contract because they were like, "This is t- like people are not gonna deal well with this." And uh, I was, I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna have it. I, the fans that I make out this are gonna be like." scary people <laughs> the people that are gonna like this are gonna be like nah, see, yeah, like, like, i just what's wrong uh, with you with that i just trust the community there like when i when i wrote elephant cock people were like what are you doing i was like i, no. love that one. I was like there's an audience for it trust me yeah, <laughs> like, exactly like you're not it but believe yeah, me, my exactly. readers they're like it they get it 
I'll, I'll get I'll get some hate. That's fine. I I know that, but yeah. a lot of people will like it as well. Like it's not a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I I was so excited like to reveal it, and then I saw theirs, and I was like, yeah, guys, I think I went uh, too extreme. <laughs> so you guys, you guys, go too extreme. Yes, you know. And, uh, so it's it's funny. Like they're putting mine at the end. Uh, you know of the book which i think is rightfully so so it doesn't scare people off on the other stories but it's <laughs> definitely like what is wrong with this woman <laughs> you know when you're reading the three together uh because it's like fun funner and then what the f you know it just goes super crazy so um very excited for that one but that was like my <laughs> you know i was just like how do i write something with the feel of night stalkers but that is not at all night stalkers you know that yeah. is original and honest in my own way and i did a lot of research for it and like um really really proud of that story or whatever but it was like one of those things where it's like i hope i hope some of my like literary idols are like <laughs> all right, that's cool i inspired that you know <laughs> yeah look forward to having check that one out yeah for sure i'll definitely let you know when that one's out uh, so yeah, what more have we got for I Simply Am Not There? I think we've covered a fair bit here, haven't we? Yeah, all my notes. I I love his um use of uh Pat Bale's show Hurt to the Core, like the the Hurt Core, um mm. the channel or whatever that he like stumbles on, uh and finds all this like tor like torture porn kind of stuff. Because I know that that comes back into play on your book with him, uh, ensuring your place in hell. That's like uh, those the characters that he uses in that are like making yeah, they're fans for like that. that yeah, I think, I think that's all. Like, yeah, I think that's all based on something real. I think that whole yeah. Peter Scully things. That's stuff yeah. I don't go near. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. my stuff in. I like my stuff in fiction, not real. But. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm always too afraid to even like Google it because I know I'm already <laughs> on the FBI watch list for the exactly. Yeah, my my... stories like <laughs> I don't even have hurt core like porn on my computer too, and yeah. I have like, you were going to jail. <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff I've had to Google for some of my books, I'm like, I can't be looking up hurt core as well. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I know. I there's so many like if you look at my bookmarks, like I've had there's. My boyfriend's always like, oh my God, God forbid your computer ever gets like, <laughs> like has to be searched for anything. Because, like, yeah, like I can explain everything. I write spa. <laughs> like, explain how to make bathtub meth on <laughs> you know, your bookmark over here. It's like, well, I was researching for a character and I was trying to figure out what they, how they would make bathtub meth. You know, so I don't know. It's, um, yeah, no, I like the stuff with a. Uh, oh, you always have to say hi during the interviews. Hello. Okay, <laughs> bye. Uh, yeah, I've, I, yeah, I like the stuff with Pat's channel. Just again, it's part of like Maga Girl stuff. So it was all kind yeah. of interesting seeing that come back. And yeah, like you said earlier, Alex's kind of initial disgust to his kind of, you know, by the end of the night, he's just fucking binge watched it all. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, watch it through your fingers and then you know by the yeah. next day you're just like eyes are red and bloodshot <laughs> by the end of the night he's jacking off to it he's like yeah, yeah actually, exactly, I quite like this. exactly. <laughs> he's falling completely down the rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great book. If anyone who hasn't read it, which hopefully you've read it if you've gotten this far into the interview, because <laughs> I really would hate to have spoiled all that stuff for you. But it, even if I have, I still think you should read it because it's. Yeah, I think there's a lot in there. Like I said, it's my favorite book of his. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's got something about it, this one. Like, it's yeah. a book that. Like it hadn't been read as much as some of his others, although I think it's done a little better since he kind of got the new cover and new cover. kind of re-promoted it and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I just think it's brilliantly written and it's just it's got a bit of a a meanness to this one within the characters rather than yeah. just uh gore and not meanness like, you know, ensuring your place in hell meanness, but meanness like you said, you just see him just this kid just go the wrong direction and you just yeah. him every step of the way like begging him not to while also being like what's he gonna do next <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and you're just you're feeling the cruelty in yeah. his acts more and more as it goes on as he's growing as he's yeah and he's him. accepting the cruelty more as well yeah. like it's not reluctance anymore he's kind of gleefully being cruel yeah like, Leaning writing into- that letter was like his part of shedding all that kind of yeah that innocence he might have had yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's definitely one i highly highly recommend definitely definitely check it out because his work is all so much fun but this one definitely is like a standout uh, this one i would say medusa son and so far like the one i'm reading now is like it's on it's on track to be some of his best work yeah unfathomable is um i think it's the one he's taking the most time writing and i think it shows i think it's brilliantly written and it is slightly less kind of character based as such and it is yeah just showing like if you want me to be gory i can be i can be gory i can be gory and yeah it's brutal and i yeah i definitely recommend everyone pick that one up it would have just about come out by the time this channel's by the time this video's out so yeah yeah, they can go buy all three of those go and buy i simply am not there medusa's son keep saying medusa's head medusa's son (laughs) and uh yeah my advice is your unfathomable agony which is definitely an eric larotta inspired title right yeah right there now you said it that's just in my head now (laughs) (laughs) i think he's got the best titles like honestly like i always win for shorter titles myself just because like with my movies i get tired of like saying the whole long title yeah. so i feel like lover boy ragdoll like very you know mr white obsidian like i started sticking with really short titles because i just get bored of kind <laughs> of yammer, yammered out but some of like some of eric's titles of his books are just like it's good as the book you know it's like <laughs> it already puts you in this like mood or this vibe where you're like unsettled you're like i haven't even read one word of the book and you're like oh <laughs> all right i'm in <laughs> you know yeah it's very very effective <laughs> uh but yeah thank you very much for um coming along onto the show like it's been great getting thank to chat to you especially well, about a book that i love so much so that was very cool yes uh, and also anyone who's watching this should read some of your books like almost if they <laughs> haven't already i'm reading um addicted to vengeance right now and like i've read elephant cock and <laughs> not for children and uh one other one that i'm oh i started the rot and another one i read a lot of books and i like go back and forth all the time but right now i'm like 
pretty deep in uh, Addicted to Vengeance. And that's another character that is like, it's so unsettling to watch his like journey <laughs> and like to see that just something is not right in his mind. And so he's like reacting very differently to this sort of like, um, you know, aggressive stimulus than like a normal person would. And you're yeah. like, that's what I feel like is intriguing to me is like the psychology of the character of being like, okay, oh, it's a, oh, it was a tougher one. Yeah. It was a tougher one to write that one, like trying to get into his headspace for, especially the middle couple of acts, like, yeah. was like, yeah, that was a and tough one. Like, like this next so one that's dumb. coming out soon is like breezy as fuck. Like, it's super is violent, it? but it's totally breezy because Addicted to Vengeance just took too much out of me. I was like, right, oh, I gosh, need a yeah. little break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so sometimes you do. I feel like I'm ready for something breezy after Vanity Kills because I yeah. put so much like psychology and effort and like mo character motive. Like, it's an ensemble piece, but there's like so many characters with so many different motivations that are going simultaneously and it, you got to keep track of all that and stuff like that and then there's this whole re like revenge tale and things wrapped up inside of it so that's another one that i was just like after i was done it was like such a relief i was like i want to write something brainless right now <laughs> i gotta write something that is just so i'm working on um a novel that i'm co-writing with my sister uh who normally she doesn't do she growing up she wouldn't touch horror with a 10-foot <laughs> Cool. but we have become such good friends and like she has like dipped her toe in the water enough over the years where she started getting more and more into it and now she's like actually just sitting down to read horror books <laughs> which i'm so proud of her you know and, like <laughs> i got her reading i got her on like a reading list right now of like some of the good ones to start with and stuff like that she's not really into like splatter punk but she likes like horror yeah and so normally she writes like fantasy and stuff like that but a lot of hers is dark fantasy so this was still kind of a good transition so she was like let's co-write a horror and then we'll co-write a fantasy and yeah. i was like i'm in i so haven't horror. read them but uh daniel volpe's got like a trilogy of fantasy yeah, that's the dark kind of fantasy. It yeah looks so good. that might be something that works yeah and i love his yeah. work he's amazing so i've definitely those have been on my radar for a while i've been wanting to check those mm. out for sure but um so we're writing uh, a horror novel together right now where it's she's got two characters and then I've got the main character. And so she's writing her characters. And then we have like an outline of like where it's going to go and stuff like that. Um, and my character is obviously writing all the brutal shit and hers <laughs> is like the ones that are like the detectives that are like one just one step behind and they're like trying to figure out how to catch my character and stuff. And so it's a lot of fun and it's really gross. It's like a worm horror book that's <laughs> like that. It's got a bit of like a body horror and uh, just a psychopathic twist to it. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun too, but it's really definitely less like psychologically taxing than Kills <laughs> was. It's just like, yeah, let's just freaking kill some people now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get. Yeah. I find blood. myself like as the drafts are going on, I'm putting a bit more emotion into it now. But yeah. the first two drafts were just like, <laughs> I'm just gonna have fun killing people. Good. <laughs> sometimes that's all you need. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you gotta have a that sorbet palate cleanser in between. Exactly. You know, where it's like, because uh, I feel like you you can write just intense, 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 but it's just 
it takes so much out of you as a writer sometimes. And like, I know, I don't know about you, but like for me, I try to um, focus on like my own real fears and try to work those into the story. So sometimes it's almost like, like light micro dosing of PTSD or whatever when I'm like writing well, my own. That story. was, um, that was what was good about The Rock was because they were short stories with like within a bigger rap. Like yeah. There's a couple that are very, very personal, but you wouldn't be able to tell because there's others yeah. that are just kind of like insane, crazy sort of stuff. So it just, yeah. I was able to make a couple that were really hard to write. But then, like the next one, I'd be like, oh, this one, I'm just going to, you know, yeah, dick around exactly. and have some gory fun. Like, it's yeah, no problem. Exactly. <laughs> it's good to have that sort of balance because, it's like, if you're, constantly just torturing yourself all the time for yeah like... i found it super early like 20 25 years ago when i was writing when i first started writing film scripts like i wrote yeah. one that was really difficult and at the same time i just i started writing like this zombie flick at the same time just as a kind of like i can have fun yeah. with the zombie flick and then i can yeah. you know emotionally put a lot into this slice of life sort of thing and then exactly. I just kept that up like throughout my entire writing career i've always been like right if one's too much the next yeah. one's just going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I work on multiple projects sometimes at the same time too, and that helps me where I'm like, um, I can do I, it with I'll scripts, with but I can't yeah. do it with books. I just struggle oh, really? doing that with books. I have to go one at a time with scripts. Oh, wow. I have two or three on a go, but can't with books. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm the exact opposite. If I'm doing a script, I've like got to focus just on that script because I'll get too confused. But yeah. with the books, I'm like okay done with this one time for something lighthearted, or like yes. i'll be editing for uh, another book for like my publishing company so i'll either be working on like a developmental edit for like my sister's fantasies or like a lighthearted animal book or something like that <laughs> so i'll go back and forth between this like gory splatter punk and that you know it's like <laughs> a nice, you know it's like it looks like my life like it's like you know you get this presentable outside you know it's like fun laughing you know person then you get this like dark i'm gonna like i just want to kill everyone yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> gonna start watching hurtcore next <laughs> yeah. awesome well thank you very very much for coming on the show it's been absolutely lovely getting to chat to you uh, especially you about this book as well and yeah hopefully i get to i will read vanity kill soon it's been on my tbr for ages but it was a bit of a bigger book than I realized yeah. to start with. Like, it was, I normally I'm don't like a little to space that right. long. I, I definitely don't like to read them that long. If I see a book on like Amazon or something and I, it's over 300 pages, I'm like, nah. <laughs> I got, there's so many, I could read two books in that time. <laughs> it's got to really be something I want to read to be over 300 pages. Yeah, and, I have to find a balance with the channel. I'm like, have I got enough videos ready that I can read a longer book yeah. now? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate you, you know, you reading Bad God's Tower too, because that one, uh, you know, I feel like that one still like is it's been getting some more love and I definitely appreciate what your channel has done for it too, because yeah. I know a few people have written me saying that they they found it on your video and oh, they read nice. it and they wrote me. Yeah, I sell more of other people's books in my own. <laughs> That's what I, I do know. Now. <laughs> Isn't that a shame? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well hopefully so, uh, people will go out and buy more copies of Addicted to Vengeance because it's really God, I hope so. <laughs> 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 All right, thank you very much. And I'll be along with another episode shortly. And yeah, thank you for coming on the show.
Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right. Bye. Bye.